Skip a video game podcast. It is episode 115. I'm your host, George, joined by Austin, video game player Eller. That's me, George. Here I am. What a great nickname, man. It's Put good to be a video game player on this video game podcast. Put a lot right? of thought into it, yeah. <laughs> also joining me, we got Seth, video game hater. It's like a Seth, how's it going? I do hate a lot of video games. I think you specifically hate... the ones Austin loves. <laughs> I think you hate more games than you like, right? Yeah, it's well, in the grand scheme of all the games in the world, that's probably true. <laughs> There's a lot of crap out there. Also, hey, nothing wrong with haters. We need haters sometimes. One of my favorite things to do now is to go um, on Steam. I thought we could do that this week just to just start the show off on okay. a good note. Let's to do go it. on Steam and see what the top recent seller is um of the week is it so, an a, an extraordinarily inappropriate game that would not exist on any other platform that's the real question well i mean that that is one but, of the fun things about steam is that for some reason uh they do <laughs> they do have an amazing amount of uh top sellers let's take that take hold on before you read them austin is this a horny game or a not horny game I'm going to say not. I'm going to say not a horny game also. I'm going to say, too, that it's a game that's available on consoles, but people just prefer to play it on PC. I think, I think it's going to be like a, either a first-person shooter or like a third-person action game. <laughs> this is the wow, first, time, start, first time we're trying this segment. Continue. We'll circle back to this one. Okay. okay. We'll return. We'll return. Austin... Before we even jump into games, have you been doing anything fun this week that's not game related? Um, well, honestly, no. Okay. <laughs> it's been a very busy few weeks. What I will tell you, though, because I, I do want to talk about this, is House of the Dragon finished up this past week, the mm-hmm. first season, the 10th episode released, and that marks the, the end of the first season. And God, man, what a good show. Yeah. I, I've... I was consistently impressed with just how good it was. And I was not expecting that out of a Game of Thrones spinoff with the way that that show ended and some of the decisions they made. It was consistently strong. Um, There were a few weak episodes in the middle beginning area, but overall I was extraordinarily impressed. Um, Honestly, maybe more so than Game of Thrones in some parts. I thought it got progressively better throughout the season. And I think I thought the finale was perfect. They didn't overdo it. They they gave us just enough to be excited for uh, season two. Yeah, I, I agree. Sick. Seth, besides House of Dragon, anything else you've been dip, dipping them toes ears into? No. Oh, my God. I think I think I outnerded you then. Guys, I am. I'm caught up on the new Gundam Witch from Mercury series. I'm caught up on. Uh, Chainsaw Man. Oh, oh, I did. Yeah, watch I am caught up Man. on Chainsaw Man. Oh, yeah, shoot. Okay, I thought it was just me. <laughs> that shows. That shows fun. I hate the lead character. I think he's a freaking loser. But that's um, true. I, I know yeah, he's like I'm, supposed to be a loser, but like I hate. I still hate him. I don't want to spoil what's happened so far, but I'm hoping it becomes a little more serious. I, I really like. I get what they're going for with his motivation, but at the same time, like. 
much more in that direction and I'm out like it's kind of lost me so I'm, I'm hoping it becomes a little more serious in that in that way because I, I agree I'm not really a fan of him as a character overall his his abilities and stuff are cool it's a great concept but yeah for sure but he's like a 15 year old's idea of like this is what's important to me and it makes sense for the character because like clearly they're like emotionally stunted but like I I want to hang my hat on that for for a whole show you know no, I'm not into that stuff at all. No, Speaking of hanging things, <laughs> the top five games on Steam, <laughs> the popular new releases are Yama Wari, Lost in the Dark. Don't know what that is. Victoria 3, Hunt Showdown, Fear the Reaper, Last Command, and rounding out the top five, Elf Sex Farm. Are we bad at video games? I haven't heard of any of those. <laughs> Hunt Showdown's pretty big. Okay. Yeah, Hunt oh. Showdown's a pretty big deal. How there big is how big is Elf Sex Farm and is it bigger if you rub it? Uh well How big is the farm? Elf Sex Elf Sex Farm has 87 very positive reviews. Mm-hmm. It's pretty impressive because they had to type those reviews out with one hand. <laughs> True. True. Um it is extremely graphic. Good lord. And the top review says, <laughs> not recommended. This is from CM Machina. Elf Sex Farm is the result of an interesting idea, but is poorly executed. <laughs> the characters and scenery are literally cardboard cutouts. The tutorials in this game are underwhelming and add to the confusion of how to control the game. The sex scenes have no animation. The story is uninspired. The overall design and aesthetics are lackluster. A missed chance because Harvest Moon, the added bonus of sex, sounds like a great idea. With elves, they're not wrong. That does sound like a great. I idea. really like how in depth they went. <laughs> All right, so buyer beware for Elf Sex Farm. I think it, it sounds like you get what you pay for. <laughs> the most helpful review overall says it's repetitive, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on, all right. Nothing else that you guys have been doing? Am I, am I the only one who's been branching out outside of video games? Um, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can't remember if I talked about it on the show just because we've been kind of sporadic with recording lately. But I watched all of She Hulk. I really like She Hulk. I think it kind of faltered yeah. in the last like ten minutes. But besides that, big fan of She Hulk. Think it's probably like my favorite Marvel show to date. I agree. I it's know. really good. I don't know that I would say it's my favorite, but it's up there for me. I, I did really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, plus, I think the lead is great. I think she's awesome as She-Hulk. I think she's super fun. Um, I moved out of San Francisco, and like the X-Men titles were going through like a reboot. And so I was caught up when I moved, but I had like the, they were in storage, so I was actually really bad about catching up. And uh, I've been trying to catch up recently. So I read the first like six issues of every series that started back in 2019 when John Hickman became like the new writer sort of in charge of the X-Men editorial team. And that stuff is so good, man. Like the Dawn of X, the House of X, Powers of X, like everything that's been spinning out of there is just next level stuff. So if you're looking to get into X-Men, yeah, that's such a great place to start. I think it's super fun. It's all collected on Marvel Unlimited. It is all available on Hoopla. If you have a library card, so you can just read it for free there digitally if you would like. Very cool. My, yeah, I need to get back to to some comic stuff. I haven't read much recently, and I I think it was you I was talking to, George, about how I need to get into X-Men more. That's like the one 
Marvel property that I really haven't experienced much aside from the live action movies and the 90s show. Mm-hmm. So I've never actually read any X-Men comics and I do need to change that. There's some good stuff out there, man. I'm waiting for Seth to just drop a, a hot take out of nowhere about the X-Men. I don't have a hot take about the X-Men. The Inhumans are better. <laughs> That's <laughs> objectively <laughs> untrue. <laughs> well, that's what I was expecting you to say. But uh, I read the X-Men for a long time. And I just I found it to be a little too much for my personal taste. Like I, I, I started reading it when the all new X-Men series started. And I read it all the way up until the last thing I remember reading was the death of Cyclops. And I don't know where it went from there. Which was a pretty interesting yeah. story, I thought. George, did you read you didn't like the death of Cyclops? No, I that was one that was during my comic book hiatus. I don't actually know. Basically from like New 52 on um, is kind of like a big blank spot. I've read some of the bigger titles, like like Thor got a thunder and like that entire like Jason Aaron run and like the Rick Remender, Captain America stuff. Like I've, I've read some of the bigger stories and like the John Hickman Avengers stuff, like going into secret wars and whatnot. But like on the whole, that entire era, like I don't know anything about the X-Men from the past coming to the present or whatever mm-hmm. was happening then. That's exactly what it was. And they didn't follow any rules of time travel at all, which is par for the course for comic books and time travel. But uh, I thought it was pretty interesting because you had like, you know, old school beast fighting new beast and Cyclops and uh, Jean Grey returning for the 27th time. Yeah. Yeah. She does that a lot. She's pretty good at it. I mean, well, when your name is Phoenix, it it almost makes sense. I never thought about that, but I guess you're right. (laughs) (sighs) Guys, there is some big news that happened this week. I think we've all just got like random tabs open. So let's, Let's let's kick it first. Austin, do you have anything you want to share from from video game news? We're trying something different this week. We're playing fast and loose, shooting yeah. from the hip. Yeah, so I thought this was interesting, especially because of a response Seth had to it earlier when I brought it up. Today, CD Projekt Red announced the remake of the first Witcher game. And this was actually something they kind of silently revealed earlier this month. You know, we talked, I think it was an episode, maybe two or three episodes ago, we talked about CD Projekt Red's big investor call and the like seven or eight games that they announced and all the different projects they were working on. And this was actually one of them. It was at the time they called it Canis Majoris was the um, project kind of title that they unveiled, like I said, probably about a month ago. And so they've now confirmed that it's a full remake of the first Witcher game. It's going to be developed by Fool's Theory, which I'll have to do some research as we talk as we're talking because I don't really know too much about them. But it's being developed by them under supervision by CD Projekt Red, and it will be built from the ground up on Unreal Engine 5, which is kind of interesting because the one thing they did also announce in that investor call last month was that the new Witcher trilogy will also be built on Unreal Engine 5. And so I almost wonder in a way if this is kind of the start of getting some assets ready and figuring out how to get that that engine kind of honed for uh, the Witcher 4 or whatever it may be, because, you know, before then or before the Witcher 4 and this remake, they've been using that proprietary engine that, um, from my understanding, is kind of kind of rough to develop on. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. But, yeah, I I wanted to bring it up because, Seth, I know you're a big Witcher fan. I've not experienced too much of the Witcher. I've 
watched the first season of the show and read a couple of the books, holding out on playing Witcher 3 until that next-gen patch releases, but uh, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. So, uh, I played The Witcher a lot back in the day. When uh, I first got it on PC, I got the, the Enhanced Edition was already out. So you got the, the Witcher and the Witcher Enhanced Edition. And I think The Witcher 2 also had an Enhanced Edition. It was, it was interesting for its time because it was very experimental. But I, know, I don't remember ever having fun playing The Witcher. Like It was very um, obscure. And it didn't play very well. So when they remake it, I'm hoping that they don't do a shot-for-shot remake. They need to add a lot to it. It's it's not something that you're just going to be able to um, update the graphics and make it feel a lot smoother. Also, the world of The Witcher 1 was like it was very empty and very bland. And the story is essentially not connected to The Witcher series whatsoever. Like after the books, um, Stories. The story set up after the books to where Geralt comes back with no memory, um, because of what happens in the books. I'm trying really hard not to spoil it. He comes back with no memory based on what happens to the books, and um, he's essentially a brand new character again at this point in in The Witcher One. Like he has some memories and recollection, but it, it he's pretty much a blank slate. I think. If I remember correctly, but I don't know. I just, I'm not a big fan of the Witcher one and um, I'll give it a shot, you know, depending on how it looks. But I also, I'm very concerned about all these new games CD project announced at once where they're like, you know, Hey, I think I talked about it last time I was on, but they're like, Oh yeah. Hey, by the way, here's our next 15 games. That's all I got to say. I did want to point out quickly, too, as I mentioned, uh, I was looking into Fool's theory here and Games Radar has a good article kind of talking about who they are. And so just for some more info on them, they were they were revealed to be working on this game last month during that initial investors call. And, And kind of interesting, they're another Polish studio and the CEO and co owner of Fool's Theory, whose name I'm probably going to butcher, but it appears to be. Jacob Rakaz. He worked at CD Projekt between 2010 and 2015, and he actually helped ship both The Witcher 2 and The Witcher 3. So the CEO of this company clearly has like a pretty big connection with CD Projekt. So kind of interesting there. And and my understanding based off this game's radar article is Fool's Theory primarily has been a support studio. They haven't really done a whole lot um, on any original titles, but I guess a remake would fall kind of in that umbrella in a way. I'm super excited for this. Instead, I disagree with your like your concern, I guess, about them announcing so many games because like they weren't announcing anything besides being like, this is everything we're working on. Like you're you're not it's not everything like this is we're gonna ship three games by twenty twenty five. Like it wasn't that. It's just like, oh yeah, we intend to make a new Witcher trilogy. Oh, we're doing a remake. Oh, we're doing like a a card game or whatever with this studio. 
oh, we opened up a new studio in Boston to help support here, there, whatever. And so, like, for that, like, it felt more like when they sort of, like, do the reveal at Comic-Con for, like, the MCU, where it's just like, oh, yeah, in 2025, like, we're, that's when the new Secret Wars Marvel movie is going to come out. And so, like, it's not like, oh, hey, we're working on 19 things at once. Oh, we're going to work on this. Then when we're done with that, we're going to wrap up development and then move on to this project while still supporting it. Like, it felt, like, a little bit more patient i guess like not as like ambitious but just like honest if, if that makes sense with with all their announcements yeah that makes sense my issue is that yeah. <laughs> they announced like cyberpunk in yeah. 2012 and then proceeded to work on well finish working on the witcher 2 and uh work on the witcher 3 and then Cyberpunk came out and it was not good. Yeah, but that was just that was back when they were like one studio. Plus, I, I think they're getting quite a lot of like supplemental income by running uh, GOG. Like, I feel like this is a different CD Projekt Red. Not when Cyber Project or well, not when Cyberpunk came out, but when Cyberpunk was announced at the very least. So like in, in that regard, it feels a little different, a little safer call to me. But also, yeah, like you're only as good as your last thing. So, like Cyberpunk clearly needed work. So, I, I I also completely understand the hesitance. Kind of on that topic, I mean, I think my understanding was The Witcher Four or whatever it's going to be called is going to be the first game they release as CD Projekt, excluding this remake from Fool's Theory. When do you guys think that game's actually going to release? I mean, I would say maybe 2026 at the earliest. I don't know. It depends on when they started working on it, right? Like, did they start working on it after The Witcher 3? Did they start working on it when 2077 came out? Have they not started yet? Because they're still no working idea. on 2077. <laughs> yeah, un- until... Yeah, they're doing the expansion still, so... Until they officially announced it the other week, I was still under the impression that we weren't getting a Witcher 4 because that's what they were promising when The Witcher 3 came out, that that was it. That was done. Um, but now we're getting like another Witcher trilogy and the Witcher four. And I don't know. It's, it's uh, news to me. So I've, I have no idea what they're doing. I like the Witcher though. I wish that that Witcher castle in Poland did not get shut down because I always wanted to go to that. There was a licensing issue. About that. Yeah. There, so there was this whole Witcher experience you could do because the Witcher is huge over there. It's like Harry Potter over here. Right. Um, but there was this whole experience you could do <clears throat> where you could go to this witcher school and they would give you like an outfit and they would give you like um, a hotel. It was like a, a hotel with like an interactive experience. And then you would do like witcher training and classes and potion making. And um, you would have like these giant banquet meals every night with the rest of the people that were like the trainees. And it was like a, two-day experience but it was pretty cool i always wanted to do it and then they had like i guess licensing and rights issues and now it's like generic fantasy training hall (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah i love that i love that generic fantasy yeah elves we can say elves right that's that's public domain yeah okay cool 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 yeah, uh, that is that is a bummer, and it's just one of those things where it's just like, why is it so hard to enjoy things in twenty twenty two? Like, why why is something as stupid and silly as rights shutting this down? That's not yeah. right. I will say, by the way, just because I haven't voiced my my thoughts on the the Witcher remake, I'm pretty excited for it. Um, 
I did try a little bit of The Witcher 1. It It is pretty outdated. And like Seth said, I, I'm not big on the story in that game from what I played, but I think it's still cool to to upgrade it and get it in front of a new set of eyes, especially with, you know, The Witcher show out. And I think people are generally interested in The Witcher. There just hasn't been much content in that I, franchise. Recently, I think I'm, so. I'm, I'm stoked about this. I'm really yeah. excited. Like, uh, I just think about like all the random games I would never play if they weren't remastered. Right. Yeah. Like no, I, would I never would have touched Indigo Prophecy. But then that game was remastered, and that game was frequently on sale for like five bucks or less on PlayStation Network. I played it; it's not great, but the fact that like, oh, I never would have played this game otherwise, and like, I never would have played The Witcher if they're not remaking this. I kind of look at games as like anime, where it's like I'm I'm aware that like all the best stuff is on PC, and that to me is like subbed, and I just I don't care for subbed that much. I, I prefer <laughs> dubs. I don't. I don't care. I understand that subs are superior. That's great, but like, that's just not how I want to enjoy stuff. Don't, don't give in. Don't give in. You know that's not true. Oh, you think dubs are superior? Of course they are. Okay. Subs were cool. superior in the early 2000s and the 90s. But I mean, come on. I mean, it's all down to personal preference. I, I will say the one advantage no, when it comes not. to the one advantage <laughs> when it comes to currently airing shows is the subs release like two weeks earlier than the dubs. So I'll wait for the superior American version. All right. Well, Chainsaw Man coming out in November with dubs. How do you know it was made in America, Seth? How do you know those voice actors weren't in Japan? I don't know that. Yeah. See, I'm I assuming it could be in Canada. Isn't it like Canada or Texas? Aren't yeah. Those? We don't see? talk about Look at Canada. That. What? We don't talk about Canada. Okay. Uh, Drinking yeah. some maple syrup to lube up their their throat before <laughs> they. Oh, you see the latest hockey game, I. Eh? <laughs> 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 okay all right to bring this back to land this plan uh yeah so i think i think of pc games as like the 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 subs right and uh yeah i don't care i i i prefer dubs like there's so many gundam series i haven't seen because i'm like maybe they'll dub it one day and i'm getting to the point where i'm like i've been waiting literally 15 years for them to dub this series they're never gonna do it so i i guess i'll reluctantly do this and um yeah, man. Honestly, just remaster everything. Bring things that can come to console to console. Bring Witcher One to console. Bring Portal to console. Like, why, why can't I play Portal on my PlayStation Five? Doesn't make sense. Make it it's make on sense. a Switch. Yeah, that's not how. Why I'm can't you stop game. being poor and get a gaming PC, George? I'm actually gonna buy one for Black Friday, Seth. Oh, okay. But I'm only gonna play real time strategy games because that's it's gonna only, buy only good genre on PC. <laughs> RTS. He's gonna buy a 3090 and play Portal. <laughs> the original portal not even like the remastered one well i bought like so two years ago i bought um like a mac mini and i like i i don't need a mac for work but like it's so much easier for work for me if i have a mac just because everything like, they're like oh we got adobe and like i just know all the shortcuts already on like a mac so like that that just makes my work processing so much faster and I was really excited because like this thing's kind of beefy. And I was like, oh crap, I'll download Steam and like actually like I'll play Portal and Portal 2 because I have those games. I think everyone who has Steam has those because they're huge on sale for 99 cents or whatever. And this uses the M1 chip, like a brand new proprietary non-Intel based uh, processor for, for Mac. And of course, all the Steam games just don't work on the M1. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, great. Now I can't play anything I was excited to play. I can barely play Magic the Gathering whatever that crap game is called. It's so bad. I hate it. So I just, I, I thought so. Yeah. Portal and Portal 2 both came to consoles. 
Yeah, like in the orange box. But I'm saying, like, why isn't there like a a, a remastered version for every console? Oh, like, why isn't Why isn't that like the 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 Mario where like, oh, create a new console now? I gotta buy Portal again. I'd actually be okay with that. It would probably be like five to ten dollars. So. Yeah, I mean, I bought it again for the Switch when it came out earlier this year. I'd buy it again on other systems too. Honestly, so. I'm drinking wine right now. I might buy Portal. At so the end here's of the thing: I don't like Portal. Because I don't like puzzle games. Is it is it because you're dumb? Is that why? It's because I don't like to think. It's because you're dumb. Okay. Look, Seth. No, it's because I don't hot, like to be you're smart. Too hot to think. Like I get it. Like, why would you like your 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 specs are in different you know alignments? Like like you. Why would you like? I'm not. I'm playing Skyrim right now. Like, why would I pour anything into smithing? I'm not a smith. You know, I'm a two handed warrior. So. So why would I this, this actually comes up to be part of my life more than you would like to admit, right? Yeah. So at work there was this at work there was this um door, we'll say, that I was trying to open. And I thought it was a lodge, so I took a giant hammer and there was like a a, a piece on the side of this door. It was it was a sliding small window sized door. And I took a giant hammer and I started smashing it open because I thought based on the nature of our work, it was just, you know, the the railing was clogged up and it wouldn't open because it was stuck. So I, I just, you know, smashing it. And my one engineer comes over, looks at me and just goes, what are you doing? And it flips the switch. That was the lock on it. And I was like. This is why you get paid more money than me. <laughs> Walk away. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I've actually I've been there in video games where I'm like, I didn't know that was a door. I didn't know I could open that. Like playing like the old like Quake and Doom. I'm like, how was I supposed to know I could go up there? Or like in the original Zelda, it's just like, how was I supposed to know I could bomb that part of the cave, like that that part of the wall? That doesn't make it. It's any like sense. that whole that whole discussion popped up when uh, Metroid Dread launched last year. Do you guys remember that when everybody was like there was a, a small vocal minority on the internet that was just like, we don't know how to play this game. Like we <laughs> don't, we just that. don't know what to do. Like we, where do you fire weapons? How do you get through the walls? There were a bunch of like angry people. It's very interesting. I think but, the, uh, I think the discourse around, um, difficulty in games has been really interesting lately for the same, the same reason. Because a lot of it, I feel like, comes from um, games journalists who are like, you know, we like to play games on easy during reviews and whatnot. And um, the the people being like, what are you joking? (laughs) (laughs) I remember back in the early days of YouTube, dude, like, guy, like, and I don't don't mind people playing um, games on easy. I I play games on easy sometimes, too, if I just want to get through the story. But, like... I just think the discourse around it is so funny because I remember people getting like run off of YouTube in the early days for being like, well, you play games on easy. I'm trying not to, I'm trying to not swear. Yeah. Butthead. I can tell. Loser. <laughs> Virgin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Idiot. Yeah, I play not, a lot of games on easy. Get mad. I've started playing games more and more on easy because for me, the thing I've realized is one, it's less frustrating and two, it, it saves so much time. Like I can beat a game much faster and that just 
what the amount of time I have to game. That's so important. With me, it's like more and more just because like games are getting so much bigger and so much more impressive. Like I just don't know like straight up what is possible in a game and what's not possible. Like I'm still conditioned to think like like Grand Theft Auto. Like if you go into the water, you die in a majority of the Grand Theft Auto games, especially the ones that I was playing growing up. Right. And so like it's just one of those things where I'm conditioned like, oh, it's probably a fail state if you get into the water. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, no, I was supposed to go and like dive underneath and like find this talisman or whatever that opens the door. It's like, well, shit, I didn't know that. Like, how was I supposed to know that that could happen? And so just like as games get more impressive and more expansive, like it's just like more things become possible. And it really does become like an inherent little puzzle game where it's just asking you to be like thinking more outside the box. But you're also like, bro, I don't know this. I don't know the size of the box. I don't know the shape of the box, like relatively. So it's like, I don't know how much thinking is like too far. Like I got stuck on a puzzle in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Like remember like the wind chime puzzle where you had to like blow the ball yeah. and like use yes. the force push. And it was I just got stuck on that same thing. And it was just like, the answer was so simple, but I was just like, at no point did I think that like this game would let me do that just because like the way everything had been set up before felt like it was lining up dominoes to fall a very specific way. And then all of a sudden you, you figured it out. Well, to be fair, I will say not to, not to um, crap on that game, but I will say there are, there are areas in Jedi fallen order where the design overall does not indicate what you should be doing. And I think that's one of them. It really does not build up to that moment and imply like, Hey, you can do this. And so I think everybody I've talked to has struggled with that exact same moment. I mean, I was stuck there for so long. Wait, which part of Fallen Order? The like wind area. It's like within the first four or five hours. It's like the first planet you're on. You were like it's moving like, balls, oh, with, like yeah, the marble maze opening doors. Yeah, I got stuck there too. Yeah, there's something about the way that was designed where it just does not properly convey to the player that like you need to be doing. What I would have enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order waste as much if i didn't have to think so hard while playing that goddamn game i just don't want to think about it and the thing is <laughs> is that i also would have enjoyed it more if i if it wasn't a metroid metroidvania i agree yeah. i agree totally i wish it was just a linear straight story also even know. more than that that game would have come out so much sooner if it wasn't just a metroidvania you know like Honestly, like one of the biggest problems I think with Star Wars games is that it just takes so damn long for them to come out. Like there's no reason why we like Star Wars Battlefront 1 came out in 2015, 2016. Yeah, that sounds about right. I like it was just like it was years after like they oh, no, announced that, like the, the deal and like that game was like two came out in 2017. Battlefront 2 yeah. was 2017. It was 2015. Yeah, second game was 2017. Uh, but like two years between games, like, okay, that's something I can sign up for. But like, it just took so long for just like the first Battlefront to come out. And like the fact that it felt so like bare bones compared to it. And like, obviously, that's why the second game came out faster, because like they did all the laid all the groundwork for it. But it's like, oh, man, how long, like how much sooner could we well, have gotten like Jedi Fallen Order? Like, how have there not been more Star Wars games? They've had the license for 10 years, right? Been, like four games. Just, well, I mean, they, even they just botched it is all it is. Yeah. Even looking at Jedi Fallen Order, that game released in 2019, and the second one's not out till next year. I mean, that's a four-year gap. That God of War. To, I'm willing to cut Same some. Sl- I'm willing to cut some slack just because I feel like the pandemic really did screw, that's true. Screw a lot up, but like before that, 
Like, come on, bro. You gotta, you can't drop the ball. Now it's not as big as Star Wars. But speaking also, of Star Wars don't games, cut out Tiny Death Star. I love Tiny Death Star. Don't take away Tiny Death Star. According to a, a, a new report that um, Jedi Fallen Order game from what's that? No, not Fallen Order. That um, Star Wars game from uh, Amy Hennig. Rain. What? The studio that made Heavy Rain. Oh, uh, Quantic um, Dream. Yeah, a Star Wars game from Quantic Dream. Like, apparently, it hasn't even started development yet. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like, they haven't even they haven't even touched it yet. It's not even in like the, the, the pre development stage. Um, but they have like a story planned out. I guess it's going to be like it doesn't even sound like Star Wars to me. So, which which what bothers me about that is, I don't mind Star Wars being disconnected from like the Skywalkers and Coruscant and you know Tatooine, right? I think you gotta have some like general thematic elements there that that follow the. the otherwise, it's not even. I mean, it's not even connected. Um, but it sounds pretty cool. I just don't think we're gonna see it for you know, fifteen years. I don't well, think that game's coming out. What was like the, <laughs> yeah. the 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 they made a video back in like 2013, 2014, I think maybe maybe even earlier, maybe like twenty eleven. I can't remember if I was in England or not when it came out. But like that Kara demo, right? Where yeah. it was like that was oh, yeah. like being assembled. And then that was clearly like what into like Detroit become human, right? Like yeah. that was clearly inspiration. But there was like an eight year gap between those two things. So it's like, all right, then we basically just get like a tech demo for their next gen stuff for the Star Wars game. It's like, are we just going to wait eight years? Like, is this going to be like a swan song for for um for the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X at this point? Like this is like, the thing that pissed me off about Nintendo is like I thought Breath of the Wild 2 was going to come out a year or two after Breath of the Wild. Like I thought they were going to Majora's Mask it, right? Where like Majora uh Ocarina of Time came out. And like a year later that's when Majora's Mask came out cuz it was just reusing all the assets and they just figured out a way to make a new Zelda game using stuff they already had. And so I thought that was the point of Breath of the Wild 2 was to just reuse the assets and then just like tell a new story and like actually make it so we got more than one Zelda game on a on a generation for once just because like why does it take six years to make a Zelda game? Like if, if God is so powerful, could he create a mountain? Even he cannot live. Like if Nintendo is so good at designing games, can they make it like, can, can they just please make more than one? Like, can we get more than one Mario platformer per generation? Can we get more than one Zelda per generation? Like how does there a, another Pokemon game every year or every other year? Like just do that. You know, people might get sick of it. That's fine. But like, give them the choice to be sick of it or not. Like, I'm tired of waiting five years. And so the same thing with this Eclipse game, where it's just like, oh, this game's actually like either A, never going to come out or B, come out so late. Like, no one cares anymore. Like, literally no one cares. Yeah, I it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I haven't read too much of the what is it? High Republic. Is that what the I forget what the. That era, started, that era era it's, I started reading the first book. So did I. I wasn't. I couldn't really get into it. So we were all reading it at the same time. Cool. We were all so excited. We we're like, "Yes, yeah, pretty good so far." And then by, yeah. I think we all got to like around like page one twenty or something. We were like, "Yeah, I'm just not feeling this, man." Like, I'm just, the whole part in the beginning about like much. the hyperspace jump and the ship, without spoiling too much, to the, the ship like falling apart. I thought that was fantastic, but then it got to some point, and I just didn't care anymore. Yeah, there's just. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't think it was done very well, to be honest with you. The High Republic. The comics are so boring, too. I, I, try, probably... I try really hard to not be negative, but, like, man, is that just... It's such a whiff so far. Like, it's such an you... interesting era that they're just botching. Well, you knew it was bad when, like, 
they they launched all these High Republic books and and stuff, and then when you'd go to the Star Wars like subreddit, and there was no one talking about. That's yeah, not all. a great sign. No, it's like okay, well, this is not. This is pretty much dead on arrival. I don't know. I just that's not what people wanted, right? They wanted they wanted the Old Republic, which I I'm still pretty convinced that game's not coming out. Oh yeah, uh, I game's totally agree. Out. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it sucks because like there's a difference between like a port studio and like a remaster studio, right? Like no one would say Blue Point is a port studio, right? Like they obviously right. have like right. a, a really high pedigree and like a really high. Uh, level of detail and just eye for excellence all that stuff but like asper or aspire like literally only ever ported stuff man like they brought empire war from pc to mac they brought republic commando and the stupid pod racing game that i love from original xbox or pc whatever it was to playstation 4 it's like congrats you guys couldn't even bring rogue squadron to pc and you Apparently. can't really bring like you yeah. Can't really do Republic Commando, and like also, don't even get me started on the old Republic. That game like broke my PC. The old one I had. I'm not. I'm not understanding how Knights of the Republic is like not doing so well in development, though, because it shouldn't be too hard of a game to make. Well, it's tough because like the old games suck, so they need to make a fun game, and I just don't think they're good enough developers to make the game fun. Probably true. And why would see? This is driving me crazy too. Like Konami just did this. Why are you giving like these huge projects that like you know people are going to buy because they've been clamoring for it for years why are you giving these to small studios that have no good pedigree like square enix did this with final Fantasy 7 remake they gave that game to cyber oh, connect God. cyber connect yeah what are you and then they, they like famously that. pulled it halfway through development and restarted like yeah Obviously, because CyberConnect makes games that are sixes and sevens. They were like like the Naruto team, right? Like they yeah. made all the anime games. Yeah, yeah. Strange. I don't know. Drives me crazy. I hear you. And then also, like, was it like Bluebird Games is like doing the Silent Hill remake? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, that's a weird know. choice. It's a bummer. I don't know. I get it. Like, I get the pedigree behind why they would choose them because they have made horror games but they have a not so great track record of quality so i don't know all right more news that uh we found interesting uh this one not really a whole conversation about but it looks like um a game preservationist called kirkland has preserved every u.s territory ps2 game manual and preserved it in 4k quality which i think is awesome that now, is very cool. Now do GameCube, please. Yeah, and, and Dreamcast because they probably have better art, to be honest. It's amazing too to look. I've got the article that you sent earlier. George pulled up. It's amazing just to see his PS2 collection. It's it's amazing. It's pretty impressive. It's right? Pulling up an entire wall full of shelves, but yeah. Uh, so the, the project dream. cost him forty grand too, right? Yeah. And it's that's the one thing I will say that um, I do miss with new games. A lot of those games that we buy these days have nothing in the box. And I, I do miss the days of, of having a manual. I miss the days of just buying something and enjoying it. And it working. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to just like unlocking a tile on your TV. Yeah. Like, dude, I got a, a physical game recently. I forget what it was. Oh, it was uh, 
Aegis, Aegis Rim, 13 Sentinels. Aegis Rim, yeah, whatever that, that game is called. That everyone yeah. says it's how good it is. Did I tell you guys about buying this, by the way? That, no. I can't remember. I can remember what I had to say on podcasts. Um, I went to GameStop just because I was bored, and I was near one the other day, and um, I was looking for this game, and then I saw No More Heroes 3 for the PS5, and it was like a week before Street Date. But they had it on the shelf. Like, you know, normally I, I wouldn't buy this physically, but it's here a week beforehand. And I don't even really want to play it, but it's here a week beforehand. So I tried to buy it. <clears throat> and the guy actually went and got it. And, you know, because they have the, the sealed copies behind the behind the shelf. And he scanned it and everything. And I guess when I went to pay, the GameStop store alerted him to um the fact that it was breaking street date he's like oh i actually can't sell you this man i'm sorry this is this is weird i'm like yeah ah damn i had no idea (laughs) um Uh, oh shucks (laughs) that sucks i guess i'll have to come back in a week i never came back but i opened ages for him and you know i went i went for the new game smell i opened it up and and, and i shoved it right in in my suck hole and uh there was nothing there was was no new game smell dead inside yeah, I was like, oh, God. Well, that I remember as a kid, like going, I remember the day I got Rogue Squadron for 64. And I remember being so excited that I just wanted to like look at the cartridge on, on like my way home from, you know, Toys R Us or wherever I got it. And uh, the manual fell out. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll learn how to play on my way home. And then I was looking through it and like, man, it had like breakdowns and like dossiers and like all the characters that appeared in the game and like you know, technical specs for all the vehicles that were in the game and not, not the hidden ones, but like, Oh, here's all the enemy craft. Like here's an ATST. Here's like something an ATPT or whatever. I'm like, what is that? That's never been in star Wars before. And granted, I think a lot of that majesty came because I was eight or nine years old, 10 years old, however old I was when I got that game, but still it was, it was really nice just to like have something. And like, I, it's just the fact that like these tiles kind of like exist on your screen at all times anyway. And like, it really is just like paying $70 to like unlock something that's already existing. Like it, it's starting to feel like everything is like, remember like the on disc DLC for mass effect three, where it's just like, you had to pay six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, ten 99, 10 bucks, whatever it was 12. I don't know money. Uh, but like just to unlock something that was already there. And it just, it really feels like that. We're like, bro, this is already here. Like it's, it's literally right there. You just feel like a like an idiot spending seventy dollars to unlock a, a digital file. Yeah, I'm that the, the on disk DLC thing was weird because there was people that were defending it, and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't agree with this. I, and and I remember specifically there was a str- there was a Street Fighter game. Yes. I forget what one, but and that felt particularly egregious because. You had to pay to unlock like Blanca or something like that. I remember. I can't remember the exact details of it. I think it was um, one of the like whatever versions of four. I know it wasn't the original, but it was yeah. one of the. I think it was Super Street Fighter Four Ultra. Yeah. Um, and that 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 was like I don't know, man. On disc DLC is just scummy, but yeah. now we don't have discs, so <laughs> <laughs> they're just releasing at the same time. But I feel like honestly, we haven't had issues with dlc recently just because microtransactions are so vile these days yeah that's the big thing now they don't need to do it anymore right they they have microtransactions to ruin games for us now well that and also like 
DLC, I feel like, has kind of fallen by the wayside, right? Like, DLC has, like, radically changed. And so, the like, the season pass for the Far Cry games, the season pass is more exciting than, like, the base game for the past couple Far Cry games, right? Because, like, the season pass for Far Cry 5, that came with, like, a, you know, PS4, Xbox One remaster of Far Cry 3. Like, that was just, like, part one of the season pass. And then, like, the part two was, like, oh, here's, like, a zombies mode. Here's an aliens mode. Here's like a Vietnam mode. I'm like, okay, this is kind of rad. Like, this is all more interesting than like the base game to me. And then with Far Cry Six, like you got Blood Dragon, like that, like a remastered version of Blood Dragon. Like that was the season pass. And yeah. it's, Blood Dragon's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is. that fantastic. is one of the coolest games. That was yeah. like a, from like a really interesting era of DLC too, where they were they were making these DLC like what if games, right? Like uh, infamous. Uh, yeah, Festival, Festival of Blood. Blood. Yeah. yeah, I never played that. I never Red played Dead. that. It was so cool. And uh, Red Dead Redemption, Undead Nightmare. Remember that? Yeah, yep. it, it was just like a really cool, fun time. They, they, these guys were making these uh, almost like what if games. Yeah, I like that. I was gonna say too, just about that era. We were talking about the um, on disc DLC. Another scummy thing that seemed to be happening way too often in that time frame was online passes which i do not miss whatsoever where they were basically just trying to force you to buy a new game i don't think that was scummy actually oh man i totally do because they were basically forcing you to buy a a brand new game yeah they were trying to trying to stop you sales yeah i thought that was that was pretty rough but the online pass was like ten dollars like how is that different than like a a battle pass now because you can you can still play online with a battle pass. Yeah, but like the game would crater in price. So you'd be getting like the game and the online experience for like 20 bucks. It was just you had to pay $10 to get like a used disc from GameStop and then $10 to go online. Like I remember like that was how I got like Crisis 2. Like but you didn't you didn't get anything for the online pass. No, you got to play the game and that was back when playing the game mattered. Like battle I mean, passes now. Battle passes suck. I I I genuinely hate battle passes. I I, I don't disagree, but, but like that's no different because it's like otherwise you're not playing for anything other than love of the game and so you buy a battle pass so you feel less stupid or let, poor. Let me ask you something. Into George. Yeah, please. Let me ask you something. Do you hate poor people? Yeah, burning passion. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was just it was just an arbitrary $10 charge on for people that it didn't make much sense. I don't know. I know when I was working at um, a game store, we were giving people like half the amount if they didn't have the online pass. And in some, and in some cases, we weren't taking the game at all for like Call of Duty. I think because Call of Duty for a couple of years had an online pass. It would just, it was like, nah. We're yeah. Gonna... I mean, yeah, I guess but... it depends. I see where you're, what your point <laughs> is, George. I guess it anyways. depends on the price. It depends on the price of the game though, George, because like if you have like a $50 used game like Call of Duty uh which always tend to hold their value for a couple of years. You buy that used for 50, it doesn't have the online pass. You're paying $10 for the online pass. You're right back where you started with the same price as the new game. So okay. that was my issue with it was I mean if if I wanted to pay the new price, I would have just bought the new game. <laughs> Sure, but like also like to your point like the digital copies are still expensive like call of duty 3 is still like 30 bucks on xbox right like call of duty 3 from 2007 
Yeah. 2008. <laughs> like that's still $30. Like uh, it's on sale sometimes for $19.99. Like that's a 15 year old game at this point. And so like uh, that was like before the battle pass thing, like really took off, but like that's battle pass prices, right? Like that's, that's the online pass price built in. And like, I don't, I don't know. Like it, I'm trying to think like crisis two and crisis three, like those games dropped in price so fast. So if you wanted yeah. to play the game online, one, like you, those games had like bad online. Like you just didn't need to play a lot of these games online. There's so many games from that era that had online that you just did not need to play. Let's be real. So sure. like, that is a good point. You're saving exactly a hundred thousand percent. That game technically had online. I got the platinum in that for PS3 and PS4. So I played a lot of the online. It didn't need to be there. In fact, made the platinum real goddamn annoying. So I wish it wasn't there, but like, you didn't need it anyway. And so, yeah, that, okay, that's my new hot take for the podcast is that battle passes are just online passes that you're, you're, less, wrong, ang- but, you're less angry okay. about. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't know what to tell you, man. Make more money. Uh, you, you, won't, you won't be upset about a $10 online pass, baby. It's okay. The title of this podcast is George Hates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and War Crimes. Those are like the two big things that always come up on, uh, on Shortbox Summary. uh i got two more quick pieces of news and then i want to jump into uh what we've been playing first thing dark souls original pc version goes offline permanently but remastered uh will be restored and that'll stay online it's just weird to me like how much could it actually cost to have like a server up it cannot cost that much and i i would bet you that they can loop those server those network files like into you know the the same computers, same processors that run the Dark Souls remastered servers. I, I can't believe that would be that difficult. So, yeah, this is it's so. The more and more we see of this stuff, it's going to be so disappointing. Especially now that we're getting to the PS3, like PS4 generation. I don't know. I I just it, it's disappointing to see games shut down like that. Um. Yeah, I don't really have much much to say about it. Um but it is definitely disappointing. I well, agree. It's just, I understand you need to make more money than you did last year, right? That's like the the whole goal of of, of these companies. But like spend like the extra 800 bucks or whatever it costs to like run the server for the eight people that are still playing this game who bought it so, at full price all that all those years ago. Like come on. The man. thing is is that it happens so frequently that it has to be I, I would assume it wouldn't be much money as well right like that's my thought but it has to be because it happens so frequently and it's always not great press that it has to there has to be some other charge to it that that we don't know about that's my only assumption i don't know no you're right like there has to be something because you're you're right all it does is make companies look bad and it, it's really it, it's like <sighs> when a company goes through layoffs and it's like, Oh man, they fired like a hundred people who were making $60,000 a year. It's like, or you could have just like cut back one person's like the CEO's salary by 50. And then all those people could have kept their jobs. Cause it's actually like the same amount of money. Like, it's just like, are you really like, this is where you decide to cut costs is by like flipping a switch and turning off an online server for like a, a legacy game. Like the game that like for all intents and purposes, like kind of puts you guys like on the map. Right. Like, isn't like we can't like really overstate or understate. I never know which one it is. How important Dark Souls was to to Bandai Namco, it, like changed their lives. 
I don't, I mean, like, on, on one hand, I feel like most people were probably, had probably moved on, right? Mm-hmm. But on the other, like, yeah, you're right. There's, there's definitely a bunch of people that were probably still playing the original Dark Souls or would go back for uh, nostalgic purposes. I just don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know what it might be? There was that famous exploit that was in the Dark Souls games where like it was so bad that a hacker could take control of your entire system and they actually took Dark Souls 3 offline for a long time but when Elden Ring launched apparently Elden Ring had the same exploit and I'm wondering if that went all the way back to the the original Dark Souls I don't know that's just something I thought about but You'd think you'd look for that in your new game if that happened in one of your old games. Yeah, I don't know. You can also see what kind of happens when you let... Because uh, you have to have resources dedicated to like security on these servers and stuff because you can see what happens with uh, Titanfall 2 when things get completely left alone and people just start taking control of the entire server over time. Mm-hmm. That's, Didn't a fair that dude... That's a fair point, yeah. Didn't that dude like not only make it unplayable, but would pop up pop up like a message when you tried to play Titanfall Two that was like, "Stop ignoring our game." <laughs> we, we <Yep. laughs> pretty yep. pretty big statement. I haven't gone back to it because that honestly, I got so good at Titanfall Two during the pandemic, like when it first started in like April and May. That was literally all I ever wanted to play, and I got to the point where I was going like twenty eight and one in a match. Like I was. Like, slowly becoming a god in that game dude like my thing was like sure that was almost certainly illegal and was it wrong yeah i guess but i kind of respect that community for being like hey fix it stop ignoring (laughs) our game fix it we love this they didn't have like they didn't have like ill intentions they were just like Please, for the love of God, we need your attention. No, this, is, li- this is literally a cry for help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, final piece of news. Uh, this is reported by routers. Uh, Microsoft reportedly passed on the chance to make Genshin Impact an Xbox console exclusive. This one I just think is funny because they've always wanted like a good JRPG. And they had the chance and this one just slipped through their fingers. Yeah. Dude, that game is humongous. I... I'm going to be honest, I don't really have a desire to play it. No. But I know so many people that do. I know my sister's really into it, actually, and she doesn't even really play many games. But that would have been a huge deal if that game had been Xbox ex- exclusive. Would it have been a big deal if it were Xbox exclusive? I guess that's would, true. That's, that's the other question. Cared? I think they would have, but I don't know where the main demographic is for this game as far as like uh consoles i always assumed it was mobile yeah because i know it has a huge asian presence and obviously they're um a lot bigger on mobile games than we are um but i also thought it was really big on pc as well i don't know if it would have made a difference if if, because obviously all microsoft games come to pc um i tried genshin impact i i wasn't into it personally um I mean, it was fine, but I was like, I can spend my time doing something a lot more fun. 
pretty cool. It works on mobile seamlessly, though. Yeah, and it seems like it's actually like a good beefy game on mobile, which honestly could could use some more of those. Yes, I wish I cared about more mobile games. I need to get a a backbone or a razor kishi because that would be my only reason to care for anything on mobile. To be honest with you, it'll change your life. I know. It's pretty awesome. I want Skyrim one for like that. remote play for the cloud stuff, so I can just you know not have to worry about the TV necessarily, or if I'm just laying in bed. I bought an app called PS Play. And it works better than the official remote play app. And um, then you can use, I can use my Razer Kishi or you can use a backbone without going through their official app to um, play PlayStation games. And it, it works really well. Nice. I get the backbone. I recommend it a lot. I do not have a backbone. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got for news. Uh, Seth. Awesome. I just want to shout out. One thing, and one thing only, and it is that this week Persona 5 came to Xbox Game Pass. Undoubtedly the best way to play that game. Get in there. I bought the the Switch copy. You are the biggest nerd I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it was primarily to get Andy to play it. Because she like only plays games handheld on her Switch. Yeah. And so it was kind of like my, okay, if I spend $60 on this, maybe she'll play one of the greatest games of all time. <laughs> uh, so really, Andy is the biggest nerd. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the thing is, though, is just that it is the perfect game to pick up for 15, 20 minutes. It doesn't, like, it has um, a dedicated control scheme for your phone if you play it through the app. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's just, it's the perfect game for streaming because you can play it really quick. Um, does it require quick action? Yeah. Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter too much it's for a turn-based like latency. Game. Yeah. Um, the only thing I wish that the Game Pass app had that would change everything would be like a quick resume feature. But I know that's kind of unreasonable considering it's a streaming service. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, definitely check out Persona 5 on uh, Game Pass or PS5. Is it on PS5 yet? I think it is. Yeah. 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 And Switch. Don't play it on Switch. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm getting ready to wrap up this 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 podcast. Uh, let's talk about what we've been playing really quickly. Seth, what have you been into, my guy? I've been playing uh, still a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn. Not Zero Dawn. Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. Um. And the more I play of it, the more I like it. I think the beginning of the game is just horrendous. I don't. I don't like the upfront story about like the tribes and stuff like that. I actually don't think there's very many interesting characters at all in this game. In fact. I can only think of one. And it's the guy that I think is most like me, the errand guy, who's just like, I don't know, I just want to drink and smash stuff with a hammer, you know. <laughs> but everyone else is just kind of kind of boring. I don't, I don't know. The sci-fi story of Horizon, though, which kind of operates in the background, I think is really, really interesting. And I wish they would focus more on that um, because, man, they're like every I don't know. It's it's like it's written by two different teams 
And every character in this story about um, these warring tribal factions is just not interesting whatsoever. And, and I would also say that they made Aloy not an interesting character in this game. I thought she I thought she was pretty cool in Zero Dawn. Um, but in Forbidden West, she's just like very standoffish to everybody. And I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. Like she's needlessly rude to a lot of her friends in quotes in the beginning of the game. Um, but as you go through the game and you just get more abilities for gameplay and hunting these giant robots and whatnot, it's very cool. Very, uh, monster hunter esque type situation that goes on in, in forbidden West. But yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit now that I'm further in and, and have more options at my disposal. I don't understand why you had to start the game in such a slow pace. And from reading online, it seems like people shared my uh, criticism of that as well. Wait a bit. That's all I've been playing. Cool. Awesome. What have you been playing? Yeah, so I, I really haven't been playing a whole lot. I've, I've been playing a little, little more of Overwatch 2 here and there and a little more of Cyberpunk. Still enjoying that game. Does it still take you six years to get into a lobby for Overwatch? No, it's fine now. Okay. It's fine. So, thankfully. But, a game we mentioned earlier, Persona, Persona 5 Royal, I have been playing. boy. And I just mentioned I bought the Switch copy. You know where I haven't been nope. playing it? On the Switch. I've been playing it on my PS5. There it is. So, yeah. <laughs> there we go. The that reason was, That was one of your reason, gaming goals, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, the reason for that is... A couple years ago when Royal came out, I got like 60 hours in. I was at mm. Haru's dungeon, which Seth, you'll know who I'm talking about. This, the part where everybody stops playing. Yeah. Because it's the worst part of the game. Which, I say worst, it's really the only part of the game that I, I didn't enjoy. The rest of that game is flawless to me. It's a weird character that's just tacked on for right. no reason. So I got, like I said, that's probably over halfway through the game. I got there when it first came out back two years ago and just stopped. And normally with a big JRPG, if I try to revisit years later, I'll just restart. But because I, I know the overall story, I, I have played and beat the original five whenever that came out back in like 2016, 2017, whenever that was. I decided just to pick up from where my save was and continue with my trophy progress and continue what I was doing and just kind of you know, watch some some YouTube stuff about, you know, the extra characters and stuff that they added in, kind of refresh my memory in that for 60 hours. And I'm, I haven't played a whole lot. I've honestly probably only played three or four hours since picking it back up again. But God, man, that game is so good. It's so, so good. It's such a such a well-made game. I think it's the best JRPG of all time. Oh, yeah. Also, totally. I'm reading now. Am I correct in reading that Persona 5 Dancing is a direct sequel to Persona 5? You know, I'm not sure. I have it, but I haven't, you I haven't, haven't played, played it. it. Yeah. It well, looks Strikers, like, um, Strikers, Strikers is. Yeah. I know that. Strikers is a sequel. But I don't know about Dancing. That's interesting. Dancing game? Do I play a dancing game? Play a... <laughs> Play Strikers. That's like a, a Dynasty Warriors game, right? Oh, yeah. Kind of. I heard they made it a little more tactical. I heard they made it a little more in line with Persona, which I'm yeah, curious I, I to heard, try that at some point. 
the kind of buddy at Escapist who was playing it, and he was a big fan. Um, no, he said they actually like made it like a Persona game, which I was like, oh, that's really yeah. interesting. I'm not going to play yeah. that because I don't, I don't care about Persona even a little bit. But uh, yeah, maybe you should start caring about Persona a little yeah. bit, George. Well, maybe if they wanted the game to be good, they would have moved the good part within the first ten hours of Persona Four, and then I would have cared. Persona, uh, Persona Four does have a really slow opening. Yeah, it has a really slow everything. Yeah. My hatred for Persona 4 is well known. Yeah. 5 is a much better game. Much better game. I love 4. I still think it's the best game on the Vita, for sure. <laughs> but. Yeah, Doom is like the best game on the TI 84s. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> George, <laughs> what is the best Vita game? Wipeout 2048. Uh, it is good. It is good. But yeah, that's all I've been playing really. It's just Severed. Persona Five. Severed's really good. Severed um, is good too. Yeah, uh, that someone was gonna say Freedom Wars. That's my personal favorite. I never Ooh. actually played it. I remember that I have this. I have this deep memory of co-oping Freedom Wars with Austin, and that it was a huge pain to set up. Yes, I, I very clearly remember that. I don't understand why it had to be so hard to set up. That game was fantastic. I love yeah. that game. Yeah, Freedom Wars was good. I don't know. I like Persona 5 and I like Freedom Wars. Maybe I just have like a jail kink. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine? Do you like oh Catherine? I love Catherine. <laughs> oh my god. Just think about all that think about all that time you could just spend like reading and working out. Yeah. Catherine's a game I need to play at some point. I played a little bit of the PS3 one. But I, I want to get the PS4 me? port. Yeah, Catherine's pretty. You haven't incredible. played Catherine? Not really. I've only played like three or four hours of it. Oh my god, Austin! Get to it. That was like one of the first games where, like, that was when I first felt like I trusted Greg and Colin on on Beyond because they were like talking about this game. They're like, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. It's going to be cool. And I remember like being with my mom who like, you know, I, we didn't even live in the same place. She would like visit like once every couple of years and she would like I was with her like near the city. And I remember like buying that game at Best Buy. And she's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, look, some people I know lying to her because I didn't have the patience to explain to her what a podcast was. I was like, look, some people I know were talking about this. They said it was a great game and that it's really thought provoking. And that it feels like an indie movie. And I just kept like, I started like making up stuff just like. Yeah, you were like making up mom. excuses. Yeah, well, just because yeah. there's a picture of like, you know, lingerie chick on the cover. So I was just like, look, mom. I'm so glad you brought that up. Well, I, was, story. I was like 21, 20, but I still felt like I had to defend myself and my purchase a little bit. But yeah, that yeah. was. And then it was just them talking about it. And I played that kind of like, all right, I never would have played this game if it weren't for you dudes just like talking about it. Yeah. Well, the other thing that helped it was the the demo that came out, right? And everyone played it and was like, yeah. wow, this is really cool. It's so funny you brought up like the the provocative cover because when Catherine came out, I had this ultra conservative Christian girlfriend, right? Sucks. And and I she would get really offended and, and, and angry if I had anything like that around me at all. Like I had to hide my comic book like collection from her, right? I couldn't because if she saw like the cover of of any of the ones that were like a little more risque, she'd be like, Whoa! you know, blow up. Um so I got I bought the Catherine Collector's Edition. And if you remember correctly, there was a slipcover on it, but the inside of it was a pizza box. 
So I took the slip cover off and like folded it and stuff it down. And there was just this pizza box in my video game display. And she's like, why is there a pizza box? And I was like, no, I, uh, I need to throw it out. I had pizza the other night. And I never got around to it. Oh, my God. Yeah, because I think, I think the pizza box even said like stray sheep pizza or something on it. That's a great That's name so for a pizzeria, too. Oh my god! Yeah, that's one I need to pick up at some point when I can find it physical. I'm trying to make sure I buy um, a lot of the Persona games physical, and, and I'm including that in that since it was the Persona team. I mean, grab that one physical, sure, but also that game's on sale regularly for five dollars or less on Xbox. Sure. And so, like, honestly, just play the Xbox version because it, it plays really yeah. well on on Series X. Nice. Yeah, it does. It says so. There was. Some artwork, posters, um, a Catherine body pillow, a t-shirt. Oh, did it come, didn't it come with panties? It came with panties. It came with boxers, yeah. Shit. Vincent's boxers. It came with a uh, sound selection, an art book, and it all came in the special delivery pizza stray sheet box. What a great collector's edition, dude. I bet it's well, it's actually not that bad. It's three hundred dollars. I bet I think it came out really cheap for like a hundred and twenty. I remember yeah. spending on it. That was yeah, that was back when collector's editions were like just double the price of the game. Yes. That was a fun I time. do actually have the full body collector's edition. Don't I? Yeah, I do. I'm looking at it right now. I forgot I had that. Excellent. I love Catherine. Play it, Austin. Play it, Austin. I will. At some point. I you will. Georgian. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I like Persona 5 dancing, Seth, apparently, is hey, what I need to I tell like, you. I like I Catherine. I just don't like Persona because it's boring and dumb. Uh, I've been playing two games. The first game, Ring Fit Adventure. Okay. Nice. Games, let's, let's talk what do you about think? It. Game's incredible. I think the game is super fun. I didn't expect to actually feel it. Like I played on like normal or whatever. I played like the first world, which is like, I think, four levels. So it's like a tutorial. I opted there's <clears throat> basically you move through the world. This is the game that has like the resistance band and like the thigh strap for one Joy-Con, the resistance band for another Joy-Con. I have a whole bunch of crap on my shelves, so I opted to do like the squats basically to to dictate character movement. So like as long as like your thigh Joy-Con is like moving up and down, it, it reads that as like your character moving. And there's items that you can like pick up and so that you pick it up by squeezing in and out the band and it turns into like a vacuum and you can just like absorb stuff throughout the world. And then you get into like obstacle courses where you need to like keep running to go through by a certain time. You need to like squeeze in the band. You can turn your vacuum into a, into like a a jet propeller basically to like jump over obstacles. And so this game is like really active. Like my, my thighs, my quads were hurting the day after I did this. And I only did like probably five fights against monsters. This is the aerobics game, in case that's not clear to anyone listening. Uh, and like a boss fight where like you basically have like cards that have exercises that you can do. And each of those exercises do X amount of damage, but you can't just like spam an exercise you're good at. So I was doing squats for one and uh, I couldn't do squats two times in a row. So I did squats and I did like overhead like presses on the resistance band. And I was basically just doing those two and like man it took me probably like 20 minutes to like kill the main boss just like the the difficulty settings i had set up and i was feeling it man like that is a good game it is usually on sale now and winter's coming up if you're just looking for a way to stay active and kind of 
involved in a game but like also like just really not thinking too hard everything is really clear and like demonstrates like the healthy safe way to like do these exercises uh i I recommend that game a lot it's extremely well made it i I was really shocked like you said george and i've I've played a bit of it i kind of stopped once we moved into our current apartment because we're on the second floor Mm -hmm. and i was doing like the jogging for the running i kind of forgot you could do the squats though so maybe i should try that now um, I know, I I know a way you can stay active. Go to the gym. Get a good work. Get a get a good workout in. Uh, you can play the now number three new and trending game on Steam, Elf Sex Farm. <laughs> I can double click my mouse. Is that yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yikes! Your left hand. <laughs> but um, no, I agree with you though. It it's a major workout. I I remember. Like even the band alone, if you play enough of the game, my my arms and stuff are like getting pretty sore from the band. It's all that and just like holding the band like above your head and then like squeezing it in. You're just like, oh, this is so easy. Then by like the hundredth time you do, you're like, yeah, I hate this. I never want to see this thing ever again. Like it was, it was actually like a really good workout. And like I only played for, I think I played like four half hour sessions like over the past week. And like it was, it was just really good and like involved. It was nice. Uh, the other game I've been playing, I've been playing Skyrim, but no one wants to hear about me talk about Skyrim. I'm going to probably launch into like an essay next week about how Skyrim is like the one of the worst games to happen to us as a society. Whoa. Uh, yeah. You hear that, like, Todd Howard? You sick bastard. That game's bastard. been coming out every year for the last like 10 years, and we haven't gotten new DLC in the last, I don't know, 10 years. It's just like, dude, bro, seriously, like, this game is selling hotcakes. You can't just like make a new expansion every couple years if you're, if you're never going to release an Elder Scrolls ever again. Screw you, Todd. Like, on PC, like the, they kind of I think they kind of rely on the fans to do all that. Like there is whole expansions you can buy, even that are actually voice acted and everything. Oh man, half the reason I'm I'm trying to buy a PC. I lied earlier. I'm not only gonna play real time strategy games. I'm also I, gonna play Skyrim. No, I was gonna check out like Sky Oblivion. Like I was gonna check out like oh. all these mods for that and like Morrowind mods because yeah. like i really want to play morrowind and oblivion i just hate the ui like i hate everything about those games except the yeah. actual act of playing them but I spend so much time in the menus and it's just like dude this looks like crap. if you miss those games this. you could always play eso i tried I, I recently bought like the new expansion high aisle and like I, I tried rolling a character and i just i can't do mmos man there's something like so so just like non-intuitive about those games i just think i would agree really unfun yeah you have to have a certain level of intellect to play mmos yeah no i mean i think you're 100 right like my brain just like doesn't operate where i'm just like okay i need to do this is this important or is this not important oh this is actually super important okay let me go to all this all these different areas like oh this is just like literally a fetch quest to find wood sick okay (laughs) like there's just like so much importance placed on like the most like banal crap that i just don't care about mmos um, and rick and morty the two things you need a high iq to yeah. enjoy <laughs> no i agree there's never been an mmo where i've played it and i haven't been like man i wish i could play this single player and this was a more refined single player experience i think eso would be a better game it would make a 60th of the amount of money it does but, yeah um yeah. speaking of making a 60th amount of money as it does uh the other game i've been playing is marvel snap on my phone marvel snap is a new card game in the marvel universe and i wasn't going to play this until i realized like oh they're using the comic books not the mcu this is great oh hawkeye has like that stupid crappy outfit where he looks like he's in like a scuba suit that has like the weird domino mask flaring up on the side like i'm in 
dude it's so funny real quick before like i saw you tweet out that you're like you're so down for a new marvel card game oh star wars, like, the star wars tcg was what i said oh okay see okay never mind yeah because I, I thought you were talking about like like okay never mind it's good relevant continue <laughs> Oh no! Please, like what? Because the, well, no, the because I was gonna, touchdown. I was because I was gonna tweet back to you, like you know, you know, I, I used to love card games, but I can't get into them anymore because it's just not worth it to get the random backs and, and open them. But then when you started talking, I thought you were talking about. I thought the tweet. I got confused. Is all. All good. No, I just I love Star Wars the TCG when I was like in elementary school when that game was coming out, and like I don't think I ever actually played that game correctly once. And I just miss good card games that didn't feel like they were taking me for a ride. Like, I hate Magic the Gathering. They just released, like, this 30th anniversary pack where you get, like, 60 cards for $1,000, basically. And, like, they're glorified proxies where they just got gold borders. Like, you can't play them in any tournament. And it's just, like, God, like, be more abusive and manipulative of your fan base, I dare you. But Marvel Snap is a digital card game. And it's super fun. What's the card game in um in The Witcher? What's that one called? Gwent. Gwent. This feels kind of like Gwent in that like you have a deck of cards that you draw from and there's three areas and each area has like its own special theme. Sometimes they don't have any theme like you'll be playing like at ruins, which is just like a series of broken down buildings. No special bonuses or buffs there. Sometimes we'll be playing in Central Park where as soon as like that card gets revealed. Uh, you, like every area gets squirrels because they're just squirrels coming from the park. Uh, sometimes you play at Fisk Tower and it's like all these are like randomized areas you play in. There's three lanes, basically, uh, in each card game. So it's kind of like a cross between, I guess, um, Gwent and um, Elder Scrolls Legends, which was like their card game where there's like two lanes that you play in. But basically, you want to sequence your cards so you have the most powerful heroes in two out of the three zones. And that's how you win the game. And so you get like one mana each turn, not unlike uh, the, the card, the nerdy one it's the one that uh arson <laughs> yeah i think i was like what's the world of warcraft yeah. one? what's the one the losers play <laughs> um yeah that one so you get like one mana each turn and then that affects like your casting costs and all, all that it, it like it's it's really fun it's hard to explain but this is like i wanted to talk about uh just mobile game tutorials in general and how the mobile game like guided tutorial is like one of the worst ways to introduce someone to a video game ever and we need to we need to fix it. Frankly, that's what stopped me from playing like ninety nine percent of the mobile games I've tried yeah. is the weird like text based like highlight this part of the UI. This is what this does. Awful. And, and dude, like they take forever too. When I think about wanting to jump into a mobile game, I'm like, yeah, I want to jump in for five ten minutes at a time and be able to jump out. But very rarely do I ever get past the tutorial because the tutorials are usually like an hour long. Like um, the Final Fantasy games are famous for this. Like Opera Omina is a great game, but you have to go through this disgusting tutorial to get through it. I, I don't know. I, I feel the same way. They're terrible. It's got to change. It's got to change. It has to at some point. I don't think anytime soon, which sucks, but it should. Maybe we can fix it. Let's go back in time and fix it. Let's go back in time. There's and... a there's a Warhammer RTS, like a Warhammer 40k RTS that seems. Austin is so late in the podcast. It seems sweet. Like, I don't know any other way to describe it. You're controlling space Marines. You're fighting chaos. You got like the, the weird Dow empire, whatever that crap's called. 
I don't know. I don't really know Warhammer that well. I know the aesthetic's cool, problematic, whatever. It's fine. But like, God damn, is that a bad tutorial? It took me 45 minutes and they're like, this is what this building does. Here, select it now. Train a garrison. I'm like, okay. So like, I'm literally just like tapping what they're telling me to tap. And I feel like I'm actually getting dumber as I play it. And it sucks because it looks really pretty. And I'm like, man, what if you just like made the game simpler? Like, what if you just made the game like fun enough where I could just like kind of figure it out? Like, there's no tutorial in Mario telling me how to jump in 85. Like, why do you think you need yeah. this now? Oh, because it's a more complicated game. It's like, oh, it's complicated? It sounds bad. It's like, it just sounds like a bad freaking game. It's weird, if though. It's like, tell me what to do for 90 minutes straight, you jackass. It feels like every game that's not, like, mind-numbing on mobile is super complicated, though. Like, there's, like, 18 different currencies that you gotta switch. and Yes. I don't know. It's It's really stupid. I don't know. I don't like it. The I only really mobile to play game, the, one. the only mobile game I've ever gotten into, I think I brought this up a few episodes ago, is Dragalia Lost, which is a Nintendo-made mobile game, it has nothing to do with any other Nintendo properties. I love it, but it's extraordinarily complicated. It's now been shut down, I believe, but um, it's super, it's super complicated for that same reason, Seth. It's like, yeah, you've got. This currency that does this, this currency that does this, all this different experience. You've got different kinds of experience. And it's, it's like literally a shell game, right? Where they're like, okay, here it is. Look at this. And they just keep swapping things around. It's like, oh, you got <laughs> you got 50 purple crystals. That's great. The exchange rate of 50 purple crystals will get you one green diamond. Now, one green diamond is worth $9, <laughs> yes. but you can't just use a green diamond for something that would cost normally $9. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, like, why are you doing this? Like, why? Like, why is it this way? Like we had so much potential. Yeah. Why did it end up like this? Um, greed, I think. Right? Yeah, greed. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If you overcomplicate the currency scheme, then people probably will end up spending more money. I have if I had to guess. You know what I think about sometimes? That, that money's fake and all this stuff is kind of just like a dumb, stupid hoop we have to jump through because that uh the fable creator, what was his name? Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux made that mobile game where you just hack away at yes. a block. That game right? was genius. I love that game. Yeah. And then you could pay like a million dollars or something for a special item in the game. And then he'd be like, oh yeah, but it's cool because you can show all your friends. <laughs> I don't just think like, it was like a million dollars. You could like buy like dynamite so you could like tap more blocks and destroy more blocks than just because you had like a chisel that was like your main thing but like man, the amount of times i was just like waiting for class i was like yeah screw it let me check out this game that was like him in 22 cans i think was like the name of the developer that he had and i was just like sitting there like at a bar waiting for my friends to show up i was just just chip chapping away chip chipping away God, that game. uh is there anything else you guys want to bring up before we wrap it up for the week Mm, no. I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. I want to thank listeners. This was uh, us trying to do something a little different. This was us trying to be more conversational. Also, uh, we haven't been recording as frequently lately because, like, we're all really tired because we all have jobs. And some of us like our jobs more than others, but we're very tired from our jobs. And so we haven't had as much time to record. And we're just low energy today. So we just want to have more of a conversation with our friends rather than try to put out like a, an entertainment product. But hopefully, you guys found this conversation as engaging as we did. This is the best talk I've had all week, especially about video games. My, yes. my normal day-to-day friends are kind of dumb. So this has been <laughs> wonderful. You can find Austin on Twitter at Austin Jeller. You can find Seth on Twitter at Seth the 90s Kid. Don't follow him, though. You can find Coach probably buying 
drugs for a vision quest. He might go on someday. I'm just kidding. He would never do that. Austin cut that out. I forgot he's a teacher. Um, (laughs) You can find uh, Elijah, who's taking a a break from the podcast. You can find him on Twitter and on Twitch at LocoLizardMan. You can find me on Twitter at PurpleBird616. I'm actually releasing an episode of Short Box Summary this week. I've been taking time off. First, it was the U.S. Open. Then it was... Uh, first it was basketball finals, and it was the U.S. Open. Like, there's just so many. I got a then it was She Hulk, Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I'm interviewing for a fourth job on Friday. Whatever, it's stupid. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm just very tired and don't have a lot of time. All I want to do is read comic books from the 2000s. I I should have shouted this out in the beginning, but I forgot to. You there's respect my hustle. Thank you. There's a game. There's another game that I've been playing that I forgot oh. about completely. Called <laughs> Middle oh. Hell Singer. And it is wow. a rhythm doom clone. I've and actually heard, I've heard good. Things. I've heard it's very good. It's phenomenal. I'll talk about it next it's time. It's on Game Pass. Yes, it is on Game Pass. I'm surprised you haven't played Scorn yet. That seems like a weird game you'd be into. I bought it on Game Pass, or I bought it on Steam, not realizing it was on Game Pass. Like, a, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Um... Yeah, please feel free to drop questions to our our previously mentioned Twitter accounts. Um, Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you letting us into your ear holes. We'll try to make our way back into your ear holes uh, soon. Or various other holes. Yeah, any any hole. We're all people in the dark. It's fine. Let us talk into your holes. Are we people when the lights turn out, George? Yeah, I want to know if it sounds like the ocean. <laughs> See you soon. Love you. Bye. Gotham Knights. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody.